0: Hey everybody, welcome to Pan Tilt Zoom, episode 11, Ooh, we are one back, one. yeah, season 2 of Pan Tilt Zoom, this has been a long time in the making, we we're trying to bring you guys an epic episode and I am here with my co-host, Tim Hurley. What's
1: going on? Merry Christmas, Tyrell.
0: Merry Christmas.
1: Happy Boxing happy,
0: Day. Happy Boxing Day, happy, what's, uh? well, I guess you guys have, black-
1: we had Thanksgiving.
0: Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're back, guys. We have some great stuff in store for you today. Uh, we have an interview with Hector Navarro from Superhero News and Geek and Sundry, as well as a great op-ed piece from our very own Tim Hurley.
1: I've heard of that guy. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I'm going to be talking about how I rate movies, because I've gotten a little bit of, not not backlash, but a little bit of criticism on my rating scale. Mm. So... I would like to shed some light on that uh, because I think I got some pretty good, pretty decent points. So I'm excited to, to do that as well. Um,
0: like you guys can go check out Tim's controversial series, uh, <laughs> Defending Bayhem uh, on his YouTube channel. great series about and great analysis deeper than Michael Bay probably thinks about his films. <laughs> They're cool <laughs> and- films yeah they're cool films and the more tim talks about some of the especially the earlier works before transformers the more i'm intrigued to go back and visit some of them because I was like you know what this is pretty good hey look
1: everyone likes something yeah i don't like the godfather so uh i mean everyone rates shit differently i mean you have a great letterbox count like account you you rate stuff differently like than i do yeah. so i think this is gonna be a very interesting topic um We're very excited for our guest, Hector, and uh, let's just jump right into that op-ed piece. Take it away, Sam. Hey guys, my name is Tim, you guys might know me from this show, Pan Tilt Zoom, as well as my personal channel, The Late Reviews, and today I want to talk about how I rate movies on my Letterboxd account because in the past couple of months a few people have brought to my attention that I rate films a little bit on the high side, and to their credit, uh, I do. Um, some of the films you'll see me give a high score will probably leave you scratching your head um, without the proper context, so uh, please allow this to be the proper context. I've loved movies my entire life, I used to watch The Sandlot on repeat when I was four, and I as I got older, films like Men in Black, Rush Hour, Terminator 2, and the Star Wars Trilogy became films that I watched to the point of exhaustion. When I was in middle school, films were something that my friends and I would obsess about. Films like Old School, Dodgeball, The Punisher with Tom Jane, James Not Bob Strike Back, Alien vs. Predator. Uh, not only did my friends and I quote them day in and day out, but these films became a distraction from all the trials and tribulations most of us faced during our middle school years. And most recently, I've been impacted by films in my junior year of college. Every Friday night at 7pm, two professors would get together and screen films that you should have seen but maybe you haven't. Films like Jacob's Ladder, Dog Day Afternoon, Valhalla Rising, Hellraiser, Razorhead, and even films like Jaws and Goodfellas because up until then I hadn't really seen them sometimes i was the only person that showed up and other times there would be up to 10 people that came and after the film the two professors would have an open conversation with us and share stories personal experiences with the film trivia and small little details they love about the film Um, the reason i'm telling you this is because this was the first time i actually started to care about film before i watched films and said that was good that was bad and i'd often say a film was bad if someone else said it was bad After this, I started watching films with a closer eye, nitpicking things, appreciating things because I thought they were cool, and watching more films I had heard of but never watched, not just watching what was in the theaters. And I joined YouTube to talk about films that I loved with other people who love film. And that's basically what I got. Um, And one of the most fascinating parts about watching reviews is the multiple opinions. I mean, after all, that is why we review things, to hear opinions outside of our opinion. And on Letterboxd, I log my watching history religiously. Um, I love the process of manually putting in what I've watched, and I love the process of writing a short little review, and the the interaction with people is an added bonus. Um, And on my YouTube channel, The Late Reviews, when I review films, I actually don't rate them. Um, I don't think I've ever given a letter grade or number grade. I've never really understood it, um, because to me, I mean, your pros, your cons, your likes, your dislikes, your impression, your personal relationship with the movie, um, to me, that's much more valuable than just a stupid letter or number. But if I had to, for me, uh, One Star is a god-awful film, something that I feel betrayed for having to sit through. Um, A two-star review is a film that... I'd watch once but never watch again. In my words, it's kind of like a hit and quit it. Um, Three Star is a decent film that if it was on TV, I would watch it again, but I would never own it. 4-star is a film that I'd purchase on Blu-ray or DVD, definitely own it, and 5-star is something I'd own, but I consider a movie that I could literally sit down and watch at any time. It's a near-perfect film that I love, um, and if you ask me right now, I would openly tell you that I tend to rate most things with a 3, 4, or 5 stars. But the rating I feel like I need to defend the most though is my 5-star rating because I do use that a lot Um, and if you noticed in the 5-star description, um, I accentuated the word I love simply because when it comes down to it, reviews are personal. I would never look at someone's review slash rating and say, you need to change this, this, and this because it doesn't match up with my opinion. If I want to give Charlie's Angels uh, 5 stars because I had a fun time with it and it brings me joy every time I watch it and reminds me of a very special time in my life, then I I see no problem with that grade. If you want to give Charlie's Angels 2 stars because you have no attachment to it um, because maybe you don't like Drew Barrymore or maybe it's not funny to you, then that's your grade. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Ratings and reviews are all personal. I rate films on a personal level. I factor in personal experience, entertainment value, and I rarely ever try to compare a film like Charlie's Angels to a critically acclaimed film like Citizen Kane and The Godfather. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I know a lot of people will disagree with this, but um, next time you look at other people's reviews, think about that your way of reviewing things isn't always the exact same way that someone else is going to review things, because I'll leave you with with this example. When I rate a film like American Pie, I'm only comparing it to films like American Pie. I am not comparing it to Sin City or Avengers. Everyone's different. Everyone watches things differently. Everyone has different connections to films. Um, when and that's the beauty of youtube um so take everyone's reviews for what they are and hopefully they're all genuine uh thank you so much for listening to me and i hope this gives my reviews a little bit more context uh i've been tim from The late reviews as well as Pentil zoom and uh i'm getting word from tim on Pantil zoom that i need to get onto the next segment so i'll see you guys later
0: wow that tim hurley <laughs> guy he was really good <sighs> oh my god God, I know. not
1: the audio quality.
0: I know. I almost fell asleep, too, because, like, yeah, whatever. But uh, that was great. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to continue in a couple of weeks with doing an op-ed myself about, uh, I'll just give a little hint, about being a film student and not being pretentious. So that's going to be that. But now we're going into a highly controversial topic that Tim and I did. So on this segment,
1: basically, me and Tyrell, we sometimes agree uh but a lot of the times we disagree and a healthy disagreement uh is good to have if you've been living under a rock i feel really really bad for you because there's so many superhero films coming out now and you can't go on facebook without running into some sort of news that is possibly a spoiler possibly a poor marketing decision you have mm-hmm. suicide squad batman versus superman uh civil war deadpool all these films coming out and but probably the most controversial one is Batman versus Superman. So um, Tyrell, what do you think about all of this stuff? I mean, recently we got uh, the dark side picture. We have most notably the doomsday in the trailer. So what are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are you excited or not excited?
0: Uh, Great question. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot around it. Uh, You know, I, I'll let Hector speak a little bit about it later. He had a really kind of insightful chat about, that. And also, on a side note, uh, that interview we're going to cut together, but there's going to be a full 50-minute version that we're going to put on on side mm-hmm. content. Uh, I'd recommend watching that as well. But in terms of my opinion, uh, I think I've been quite vocal over social media to much people's displeasure. A lot of people don't say anything because they're just, they know. Um, You're,
1: scared. You're scary. You're I, scary.
0: I, yeah, yeah. I could be scary. Um, that I, I really could give two shits about superheroes at this point. Um, okay. I used to be a huge fan. Uh, for, you know, I've read a lot of the comics, Marvel and DC. I've watched a lot of the animated shows and I've watched a lot of the actual, you know, movies. Iron Man is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, first
1: time.
0: yeah, the first one. Yeah. Um, but I don't like it. First of all, I don't really like what DC has been doing with their extended universe. And, you know, right. a lot of people are like, you know, you're a Marvel <laughs> fanboy as
1: opposed to what? Yeah, that's
0: the thing. Um but I'm not I'm really not like my favorite I'd say my favorite superhero is Green Lantern to be completely honest. <laughs> uh and
1: not the Ryan Reynolds
0: movie. No, no. Like we'll, we'll just yeah. Uh but to me to me I I think the direction is not going extremely how I think it should be. Comic book movies I think are the best at when they are actually kind of campy but mm-hmm. also uh you know a pleasure to look at on screen as well and and not campy in terms of like a b-movie level but it, it has to be true you find too many movies i think taking uh, themselves too seriously and i don't like that in terms of marvel i think it's all become a generic grindhouse of just turning out the worst stuff <laughs> ant-man really turned me off and, and that doesn't even speak to the whole ethical issues i find with them or you know social issues as i say around Disney as a whole kind of blocking out female characters from marketing stuff, and uh, yeah, just yeah. It, it just it just rubs me the wrong way, and I feel like I shouldn't support it. So I'm starting not to. I made one New Year's resolution that was not to see any superhero films this year, Marvel, DC at all. So I'm not really? going to be seeing any.
1: Really, that's yeah. a very very bold statement, and yeah. I can respect that because mm-hmm. um, I'm sort of in the in 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 the middle. Um, I am. I've been done with Marvel movies since uh, since I found out that Guardians of the Galaxy was like so overhyped. People were saying it like should have been nominated for Oscars, and it, it kills me to hear that. That's like really insulting. Um, because that was just a movie. It was just a fun film. Um, and then to have people get hyped over Age of Ultron, and then dis just, just they know it sucked, and they still will just not admit to it. Um, hmm. It pisses me off that even you know when when we have Civil War coming out, and um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like I know a lot about comic books, but I have started to read quite a few of them, um, and I did read Civil War, uh, and I was blown away at how good the comic book was. Oh, yeah. How shitty this movie looks like it's going to be, and how unfortunately we have c- contracts controlling films now, yeah, uh, which is bullshit. Um, but in terms of Batman vs Superman, so you, like. Yeah. Marvel, i I really don't care. I'll see the movies, but okay. I'm not expecting anything. Um, my favorite Marvel film is Punisher with Tom Jane, so yes. that's that much. Uh, I think that's a great standalone film, and I think most films should be standalone. Uh, yeah. Batman vs Superman, though, you had a, a very good point. Uh, you don't like what DC is doing, and I, no. I kind of I kind of agree. Um, I think in the beginning it felt like they were going to be like the the fuck everyone. I'm going to we're going to do one great movie and we're not going to yeah. blow our load and then they went and did what marvel did all the time they blew their load they yeah. just told everyone what's, what's um what's going to happen and they're getting scared and i think dc could have been the apple of of movies and you know been that like lone 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 survivor yeah. uh and just just done what they want to do um regardless though very very excited for that and that that superman and everything yeah. i've seen so far has that campy tone that you brought up
0: mm-hmm and I just want to go on record too. Like, just because it's my personal opinion doesn't mean uh, I absolutely hate everything and people can't enjoy it. Like, you can enjoy whatever you want. Like, you could bash me on, anybody could bash me on my love of Star Wars. That's under the Disney umbrella too. I'm very, I'm very aware of, you know, the contradictory statements i have but i feel like at least in, in essence the star wars isn't completely overplayed yet yes it probably will be but that speaks to a larger issue on sequel uh, culture and kind of the uh, money making of of hollywood as a whole but Uh, Yeah, Batman versus Superman, you know, you can go out and enjoy it and have a good time, uh, and hopefully it provides, you know, a decent film as well as an entertaining experience for a lot of people. I just personally am completely off the train because I'm worn out. I'm worn out, Tim. Um, Like, I'm completely... I'm I'm done with it for now. Maybe in a couple of years I'll revisit it. Maybe something will spark my interest as much as yeah. Iron Man did when it first came out, or you know, Spider-Man one or two, not the amazing Spider-Man, but
1: You're you know, talking, you're talking ones. about such a great time. You're talking about yeah. the greatest time for comic book films mm-hmm. when you didn't know when the next thing was gonna come out. And and do you know how bad I'm wanting another Tom Jane Punisher movie? But it's <laughs> yeah. not gonna happen and, and I don't actually want it to happen. I love the fact that we got one and that's it. If they stopped with Iron Man One, how sick would that have been?
0: Yeah, it would have been great because it was the only good one, and, and
1: no one knew what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I I have a Sicario video coming out because I I got wind of the of a Sicario sequel, so you'll be you'll be hearing my opinions there on my channel if you want to see that uh, rant. But uh, yeah, I think that that's a good place to kind of put it in terms of. Um, I think that people should go on the merits of the film too. I don't think people should just necessarily hop into things. You got to be critical, you know. You yeah. Don't accept just mediocrity. Yeah. Uh,
1: if it's and, bad, I will say it's bad. If bad yeah. never man is bad, I, I look. I I I saw Ant-Man, and I'm not one of those few people who are just like, oh no, it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. I will gladly tell you it sucked. Oh yeah. It is boring. Yeah, I would not buy it, <laughs> even if it has a black Blu-ray case. i buy kinda, it. I kind
0: of, I kind of want my money back for it, to be honest. <laughs> that I paid in the theater.
1: I want my money back for the two times I saw Age of Ultron because the <laughs> second time I was like, "Is this really that shitty?" And I, and it was. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, I think, I think it's cool to see you stand up for something like that. And and also, we didn't talk about the whitewashing of women. Uh, it's really, it really isn't.
0: Yeah. There. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms that we could spend a lot of time talking about, and it's out there. People are aware of it. If people ignore it, that's fine. Um, and not to say that it should completely stop anybody from enjoying or wanting to see those movies. For yeah. me, that's a personal choice, but as a whole, you can work towards progression in, in that regard. Um, well, but, let's,
1: hope, let's hope Snyder does Wonder Woman
0: justice because yeah, yeah. That,
1: that that's our saving grace. I mean, they've already done... They haven't done enough with Black Widow.
0: Right, yeah, for sure. And this is a good transition to Hector because as much as we are slightly bashing superhero films, I think Hector is one of the beacons of light in, in terms of insight and uh, knowledge on the superhero universe. He understands the problems. He gets the problems. He offers you know some guidance in terms of looking at what can be improved and what will change. But also that just innocence of pure enjoyment of going in the cinema and watching it so you're going to be seeing our Hector interview right now and it's uh it's pretty fun so enjoy hey everybody I am here with uh something that Tim and myself have wanted to do for a very long time I have a, a great guest here Hector Navarro uh if you might watch his uh, content online, it's it's very, very good, and uh, we're supporters of it. Everything from his uh, own show, Superhero News, uh, and hosting uh, Twitch streams and other uh, related content on Geek & Sundry. Uh, Hector, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks so
2: much. That's a really nice introduction, Torell. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. No problem, man. Um, so... Fans of Pan-Tilt-Zoom, uh, they love everything. Marvel, DC, superheroes, everything like that uh, around the board. And, um, you know, there's there's always stuff being said about it. There's new trailers every day. There's new content coming out every day. And uh, we, we get a lot of saturation. Some people I've seen are fairly uh, tired of it. Some people are just getting into it. Yeah. Um, and it's both with Marvel and DC. And how do you feel that... Uh, superhero movies will change over the next few years. Do you think this, uh, you know, formulaic uh, way of making films that I think we can all agree uh, they've gone into, do you think that's going to change? Do you think that's going to diversify? Do you think we're going to see some new directions with superhero
2: movies? Absolutely. I think that um, Marvel in particular was really smart to start planting their seeds of their stuff early on to include room for change. And to include room for like sub genres, which I think is really smart. So Ant Man is still a superhero movie. That's exactly what that is. It's a guy, he's got a secret identity. He fights a supervillain. The world is in danger. It's the same thing. But you could argue, like, well, what makes it interesting to watch when I'm sitting there looking at it is that it's got that sub genre of it's a heist movie. And you could say that the Thor films have a sub genre of like being fantasy films. Iron Man 3 was trying to push itself as a, as a, um, Technological thriller. Captain America, the Winter Soldier as a political thriller. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy as Space Opera. Doctor Strange is going to be their magic movie. Uh, Black Panther, they're trying to push as a geopolitical thriller. Um, so they're trying hard to include those sub which I think are going to are gonna are gonna just lengthen the amount of patience we have with the movies, I guess. Um and DC. Listen, just last night, just the other night, they came out with Suicide Squad trailer. Right. I think blew everybody away because it was fun. And it was a sharp contrast in in tone to what Batman and Superman and Man of Steel and the Dark Knight trilogy had been doing with this sort of very dark, mature, uh, trying to take everything very serious, not having fun with these characters kind of a thing. No jokes allowed sort of a thing. I think Warner Brothers is smart, too, that they're going to start looking at these offbeat uh, properties that they have in their comic book world while also giving the fans and audiences iconic things like Wonder Woman and flash and Aquaman and Justice League like that. I'm really looking forward to just because it's sort of like it, it, It's about damn time. We should have had a Wonder Woman movie So I feel like Wonder Brothers is good at least for a few years in terms of like people getting fed up with stuff because it's like Oh, we've n- we've never had this that's okay Marvel is in their third phase, is gonna go into their fourth phase over the next couple of years. And I think that uh, another thing that's really smart is that early on they, they recast uh, some of their characters. They right. recast uh, James Rhodes from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. They recast Hulk, who's a major character from Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo. And I think that that was done on purpose. Obviously they saved money, probably. They didn't wanna work with actors, whatever. But they did it to kinda of get us used to that idea so that when they recast tony stark to a younger actor to play him for another 10 years, you know, however many years from now, they'll point to that James Bond model of like, no, we're just going to re, you know, we're not going to do an origin story again, we're going to keep going, uh, but with a different actor and you guys are used to it because you've already had it with Hulk, you've already had it with, you know. So I think that that's another another way that that Marvel at least is trying to plant themselves as like if James Bond can be a movie franchise that has been going since 1962 and has mm-hmm. had to constantly reinvent itself for each era of film, then superhero movies, and specifically Marvel, we're gonna to try to put ourselves in that same category. There's no finite ending to these stories. This isn't Harry Potter. You know, there's not a right. and then they're done. Um, and then another thing I was thinking about too, which is crazy, Ant-Man, back to Ant-Man, uh, uh, Scott Lang has a daughter in the film. Paul Rudd has a daughter she's a comic book character herself who becomes a superhero who joins a team called the young avengers and they could easily do that film in 10 years it's already almost been 10 years since the first iron man and they haven't lost any steam right. so I, I can imagine 10 years from now they could even have that same little girl actress who was great by the way if she's still an actor playing an older like cassie lang like herself with other younger actors and then you've got a. Uh, that generational idea, that's another thing that superheroes, you know, it, it all comes down to like, they can just look at the source material because comic books themselves, while it's a very niche market, has been reinventing itself for each decade as these stories go on. There's different eras and interpretations of Batman. There's different Supermans and they keep going because they're, they're these iconic, long lasting characters. I don't yeah. think if as long as they go to that and they try to keep up with the times, uh, which includes things like. A, a lead superhero who's not a Caucasian character. So that's Black Panther. A lead who's a female. You've got Wonder Woman and then Captain Marvel. You know, all of those things, all of those ideas in keeping with the times and keeping everything fresh, I think, um, I don't think it's going to go away. I mean, they 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 talked about the superhero bubble in the early 2000s. And I think that there was a, because there was a lot of movies. There was an oversaturation. And right. then, you know, people were like, no, they're done. They're dead. 2007 came out and there were movies like, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Spider Man Three, and you and and I think the first Ghost Rider, and you were like, yeah, this the superhero movies are done, and then the just a year later in 08, you had Iron Man and The Dark Knight, and people were like, right. we don't to back, like it, like it, you know, it, it, I think it goes in uh, in waves, but um, also another interesting thing, Marvel and DC are the two top dogs, Disney and Warner Brothers, but Sony's trying to make movies based off of Valiant comics characters we know nothing about. Mm. which is going to be really, really interesting, and it's just going to make these movies better all across the board because competition just breeds quality. You know, uh, When these studios compete, we just end up getting better results. And when you make movies based off of characters you don't know, I think that audiences bring less expectations to them. I think you get things like Guardians of the Galaxy and hopefully Suicide Squad where people are like, I don't know anything about these characters. Oh, this is a comic book? I didn't know that. So if you're looking at other characters that people have never heard of, like Exo Manowar and Bloodshot and, you know, the, um, uh, the Harbinger storyline, like that could be, a, that could be a whole nother side thing that people go, you know, the big studio movies are fine, but I kind of prefer these Indies.
0: No, yeah, it, it's true. And all across the board at, at Disney, uh, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, they, yeah. they've got a strong executive team that finally, for the first time, I think really have an understanding over, uh, the long game and, you know, playing playing essentially a game of chess and, and picking their moves and it's interesting to see how how it goes on and you know you mentioned the indie film uh, directors and we've seen that with Jurassic world with Colin uh, Jafaro and we've seen that with even you know the new Spider-man we have a lot of uh, mystery around you know that director who is fairly unknown uh, so it'll be interesting now you, you obviously seem hugely knowledgeable about comic books, and it's it's definitely a passion of yours. You can just tell by uh, listening to you talk. But you you have this channel which I came across, and uh, I was I was fascinated with it because I I you know I can find some superhero news you know elsewhere, but it's not something that I can sit down and really get personal with something that, you know, I see a lot of people talking with, uh, you know, a large amount of emotion. Now you you sit down usually with two other guys and you talk, you dish out the news, you talk about your ideas and uh, what you're hoping and, you know, what's happening now. How, how did the inception of uh, superhero news come about and what was the
2: driving force behind that? The driving force was uh, our partner, um, uh, our sort of captain of the ship is Adam Lavick. Adam is the dude that sits in the middle. Uh, the guy to the uh, to his left and to your right is uh, Augustine Rios. We all used to work together at a at a visual effects company, and the idea for this came about because we would get together at lunch and we would just shoot the shit. We would just talk about you know what we're talking about right now. And Adam had the idea of this is really great. We should put this online. We should we should you know uh, this could be a show. This could be something. And. At the same, I think around the same time, I remember that I would be sitting at that desk job, and sometimes I would be there for up to 12 hours a day, uh, working in visual effects, and would be searching on YouTube and searching on the internet for discussions of people, you know, discussions of comic books and movies and things that I wanted to talk about and hear about and, and, and make it feel like I was sitting down very personally with people and and, uh, and and listening to a good discussion. And I rarely found that. And it was frustrating for me. Um, and um, so when Adam had this idea, he reached out to Augustine. Augustine knew me a little bit better and was like, we got to get Hector in on this. Uh, you know, We all worked together and would sometimes have lunch. And um, we, brought, he, we all got together and we tried it. And we started a, a channel called The Film Pundits, which didn't really take off. It probably doesn't have the snappiest name, but um, we wanted to cover all movies. And we didn't really know what we were doing, but we knew what we kind of wanted to do. And a little bit after that, uh, because of Adam's work and because of his um, ability to reach out to people, got in contact with a a guy named uh, Chris Bagley, who runs batmannews.com, really popular site. I mean, people hit it multiple times a day. It's great. He wanted to create a new channel called Superhero News. that covered everything. He wanted Adam uh, to just create the YouTube content for that site, to basically have the discussion side of it, of the news. And we started. And within about a year, I think we got uh, like 20,000 subscribers, something like that, which is kind of nuts. And Mm -hmm. it it all came down to, uh, uh, Adam's hard work, Augustine's enthusiasm and his passion. And, uh, and, and I think we all three of us were on the same page of like, we can't find something like this online. We should create it because that's just what we wanted to do. And fortunately, thankfully, a lot of people tuned in and, and checked us out and, it's a really, really cool, uh, space online and there's great discussions in the YouTube comments and, right. and, uh, and it's super positive and, and it's, it's awesome. It's people talking about movies and stuff we like to talk about. And, uh, um, yeah, a lot of people tell us what you just said, which is really cool. It feels like I'm hanging out with my friends and I think exactly. that's the best compliment and it's the best compliment. It's so cool. Um, so that's, how I got started and, uh, yeah, we've got some cool stuff planned for this year and, um, yeah, it's, we've only been doing it for Man, we I think we had ten thousand subscribers last year at Comic Con. So now we're on iTunes. Um, I mean, this year we want to hit up a lot of the major cons. We want to uh, we want to try to uh, put on a panel at a convention would be awesome, so that we could have like a meet and greet with with people that come and check out the channel and just basically do a version of the show at a convention. I think would be awesome at a comic convention, movie convention. You no, know,
0: that it must feel really good because that's what you want. You want people to connect, and and that's fantastic. Um, We'll we'll throw in some fun questions in here. Uh,
2: What's your favorite superhero? I don't care how the movies are received. The movies will never change the opinion, my opinion, my personal connection with this character. My favorite of all time is Spider-Man. It's got to be, I mean, it's got to be (laughs) Spider-Man. I think he's the best, and I think that's why I'm probably the most excited person I've met about a new film, they're doing because they're telling me stuff I would like to hear where it's like he's going to be a kid in high school he's going to be you know so I'm really excited about that and that's why I also love moments from the previous five films I love moments in each one of those I think they're great Mm -hmm. he's my favorite character I think he's the best fictional character of all time I think he has so much going for him uh, I, that, that that to me he make it makes him the best superhero for me. A couple of weeks
0: ago, you were on uh, movie fights, Screen Junkies movie fights. Yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people know that channel. They're huge, honest trailers, uh, yep. movie fights. Uh, now Screen Junkies Plus, and uh, I thought, by the way, you were one of the most refreshingly good debaters that's been on the show in a long time. That was the final. Uh, okay, we really have to reach out to Hector because. <laughs> it, it's just good. He's he's really really good at discussion. So you you said that the Force Awakens is the best yeah. Star Wars film, and that was yeah. a couple
2: weeks now. Do you yeah. do you still hold by that decision? You know I do, and I've thought a lot about it. It's such a funny thing to think about, but um, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick to it because thinking about that movie just kind of makes me happy, and I didn't have the same. You, know, you got to remember. I was talking. I was like arguing with a guy, two guys really, who kind of grew up with the original films, going to the theaters and watching them mm-hmm. in 1977, in 1980, in 1983. These were years that were very different from 2015, and the audiences back then got their minds blown out of the back of their head because of those movies, especially the first one. And I feel like when you you just can't compare the iconic pop culture impact between you know, all of these different movies, the late nineties, early two thousands were a different time when the prequels came out, you know, and now 2015, I just feel like it, 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 it goes back to, I didn't grow up with those original films. I saw them when I was already sort of like developed. I wasn't a, I wasn't a little kid, but I wasn't like a teenager yet. Like I was in that area. Um, so they didn't necessarily blow me away, but they were really enjoyable to me. And, and my whole life, I viewed them as kids films, They're kids movies. Uh, it's so weird to me that that adults, guys our age, go to this new Star Wars movie, and we kind of know that it's a kid's movie, but we're still judging it with, like, well, I'm 30-something, so this should be able to hit all these different things. For me, I'm a 30-year-old. It's like, well, you watched the original when you were 8, whether it was in theaters or not. Like, you watched the original when you were in a different headspace. And I think that all the things that the original movies did were fantastic. I think that The Force Awakens basically does that on top of, things that a good 2015 movie does I think that the pacing is phenomenal I think that the acting the acting is the best part of the film the acting the new cast that they have this is a director J.J. Abrams who cares about performances more than Mm -hmm. George Lucas and even more than um I think the the other directors who who worked on the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi great great guys very talented and uh they got good performances then too but Again, you know, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, uh, especially, and then a little bit Harrison Ford. Even they're acting in the original trilogy like it's very broad. It's for kids. That's what it was. Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, even Oscar Isaac. In this, it's like, oh my gosh. Let's talk about Kylo Ren for a second. Adam Driver. Like these performances are great, and they're very multi-layered, and they're for adults and for kids. And so for me, it's 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 something that uh, I think that the reason everybody holds the original film so dearly is because of nostalgia. I think if you hadn't seen any of them and watched them all in a row and I wouldn't go in order like one, two, three, four, five, six, I would go like theatrically released, you know, watching new hope and then empire and then return of the Jedi and then the prequels. I think that having never seen any of them and you watch them all, you know, the force awakens technically is, is the most superior because it's, because it's, it has an unfair advantage of having learned from everything before it. No, you're right. You know, also it, um, just at an acting level uh i think is is the best the characters i think are really really interesting and exciting so yeah i keep walking away with it and i'm like and 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 it the flaws the things that people are critiquing about it which are totally valid they're totally fair things about it replicates the same sort of plot structure as the first film A New hope i think that's fair but i think that it's really interesting that that movie comes out and that's the main thing that people are kind of complaining about Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm are kind of like, that's not that big a deal to me. Like this is, again, it's a kid's movie. It's a Star Wars movie. It's escapism. It lives in that universe and it's closer to a new hope than it would be to something like the prequels. To me, there are two different Star Wars. There's the prequels and there's the original trilogy. And it's safer to go the original trilogy route. And that's what the filmmakers decided to do on purpose. Right. And, then, and then when it comes to the criticism about Ray being too powerful and being a Mary Sue, and I think a lot of that stuff, whether people know it or not, comes from a subconscious kind of sexist place. If critics like Max Landis are saying that it's not sexist and has nothing to do with that, that's a special case because this dude already had this critique of major blockbuster films that characters in general, main characters, are too powerful. For months and months and months, he put a video about it on his YouTube about you know showing examples like Wolverine and John McClane and stuff like that. It's, like, it's all valid. So he was coming into this movie already with a mindset. And then as soon as things started happening, lining up to his kind of idea, he kind of dismissed it and was like, she's too powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then after that, the sexist people kind of hopped on it like, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable that a girl can be good at stuff. And that's when people were like, listen, you can't have that critique on this film, but not have it for any previous Star Wars movie. And that's what I agree with. I think that, uh, I think that Star Wars works best as best as escapism for young people. And I think that subconsciously, you know, there, not, not a lot of people, not a, not a lot of young men are overt sexist men, but they have this thing that might be subconscious where as soon as something else comes in and kind of switches up who the movie is is kind of talking to maybe, they go, oh, I don't like that. This isn't Star Wars. This isn't for me. This isn't the same sort of thing. When right. when the previous six movies, you know, you can even count the prequels, had the perspective of a young male and f- fans around the world, men, women, you know, uh, Caucasian people of color, they all were able to connect to that. And now you have a new film that features a lead who is a female and a black actor, you know, an English actor. And, uh, it's not a stretch to be like, cool. Can everybody connect with this? And people seem to be connecting with it. So I think a lot of criticisms about like the plot and stuff like, again, it's all fair. It's all good, but, um, it just doesn't bug me. So I, I, yeah, I'm going to stick to it. I'm gonna say force awakens is the best one. You're totally right. Um, no,
0: okay. Let's, let's switch gears back to, uh, you know another part of your career that is is fascinating uh you work uh with geek and sundry a lot doing you know twitch and things like that but i you know i've watched uh various different things there but uh one thing that popped up on the top of youtube when i was doing a little bit of research was your interview with chris pratt for uh, jurassic world
2: that's right yeah (laughs) now
0: now that's that's really cool because chris pratt is on the top of his game right now he goes from being somewhat of a a nobody funny on you know on on television things like that but then he gets thrust into doing guardians of the galaxy and uh various other things and he's and he's huge now and junkets and interviewing celebrities and in that in that regard is something that's completely different that's its own beast now do you like doing the junkets? Do you get incredibly nervous talking to these celebrities? Um, and, uh, you know, just let us in on a little bit of the insight into that.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, I like, I like, I really like doing that. I've done it a few times now. And uh, uh, that was a fun thing. Um, they needed somebody uh, to head to this junket, and somebody threw out my name. And I went and did it, and uh, I had a great time. And everybody seemed to like the footage that I got back. I'm an improviser. I've been doing improv since I was in high school. So I have a lot of comfort with coming up with stuff, making it up, you know, being thrown into the deep end um, and just talking to people. I think I'm really good at talking to people. So uh, I really have a good time with that. I, 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 w- I was nervous for that first one, for sure. I was nervous for that Jurassic World press junket. I talked to Chris Pratt. I talked to Colin Trevorrow, the director. I talked to Bryce Dallas Howard. She's awesome. Uh, I even talked to the two kids in the movie. That was fun. But um, I, I I think I get more nervous and kind of a little bit, uh, trepidatious for like the vibe at those things. It's kind of crazy. It's either like super cool and relaxed or like everybody's kind of walking around on eggshells. And I'm, and I kind of want to be like, guys, it's just like a press junket. Like, it's just a movie. It's not missiles. Everybody, you know, yeah. there tends to be a lot of, a uh, uh <laughs> of that kind of attitude when it comes to stuff in Hollywood, I feel like, um, cause it's kind of a little bubble and everything's very important, but I, I don't, I never forget that quote that I had got from an old boss of mine years ago, who says like, at the end of the day, it's not missiles. It's not, no one's going to die. If you, you know, mess up for something in the entertainment industry, like, you know, you're not a doctor with somebody on the operating table and you're not in charge of pushing a button to launch nuclear missiles. But, um, a little insight. Yeah, that was, that was a really fun one. Uh, I tried to come up with fun. Again, that's another thing I've seen. Who hasn't seen millions of press junkets? We've all seen tons of them with actors that we like and and whatever. And I feel like a lot of them are very, very similar and there's kind of a rhythm to them. There's kind of a game and, and specific, you know, sameness questions that people ask. So I try to do fun stuff and, uh, and Chris Pratt was great. When I sat down, when I was, as we were sitting down, you get like five minutes and they're on your ass about it. They're like, mm-hmm. there's a guy right there and who's like, who's gonna wave the thing as soon as you have to get to your last question. Um, and uh, and I'm very. I try to be very considerate of just every other human being in my life. So I'm always like, you know, oh, okay, gonna make sure. When really it's like I should kind of probably be like, no, 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 this is my time. I'm gonna. I got a couple minutes. Let's do this. But as I was sitting down, I told Chris Pratt. I like. I'm like, hey, good to meet you. And then as we we're as I was sitting down, I was like, you've come a long way, Everwood. You've come a long way. And he laughed, and he was like, that's great. I love that. And then we kind of started, and um, which is great. He was a great sport. But uh, I, I, I thought that was hilarious. That I. Tease him a little bit. I think I told Tom Hiddleston he had a nice butt. I was, <laughs> I was a butt in a movie, like I did that. It, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, so uh, yeah, I I think I like that stuff, and I'd like to do more. We'll see. That's Just, cool. Kind of depends on the uh, when the occasion arises. Yeah.
0: Um, well, you know, Hector, thank you very much for spending uh, spending your morning coming on uh, Panhill yeah. Zoom, uh, talking I about superheroes and Tim Star Wars. I wish Tim was here too, but that's cool yeah i know tim he's got uh he's got a busy schedule i know he would have loved it he would have loved it uh, he's a great guy um but yeah do you want to plug some of your stuff before we go we're gonna have it in the links below
2: but go ahead and plug some stuff thanks so much man you can check us out me adam lavik and augustine rios on superhero news it's just youtube.com slash superhero news you can also check us out on a weekly show we do live on geek and sundry called the concession stand every wednesday night Uh, starting at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, and it's live, and you can throw in there and be in the chat room and talk to us. We just talked about the Oscars last night, movies, all this great stuff. And um, uh, you can also catch me on the rest of the week on Geek & Sundry, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, hanging out, playing games. Um, It's super fun. So that's anywhere from 4 to 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's live. Check us out. Terrell, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and guys, make sure you uh, check out all of Hector's uh, various projects. They're all extremely fun and entertaining, and uh, we wish you the best, man. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jarrell. Alright, guys. That's the end of the show. We had some great things on today. Of an
1: episode.
0: Yeah. Hopefully you don't hate us too much for our comments earlier about superhero movies, but honestly, like, I think we backed them up, and then we had Hector, who's definitely a different opinion. A great guy. We had a brilliant op-ed piece, like, all around fantastic. So if you like this episode, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for more content. You can hit us up on social media, twitter.com slash pan-tilt-zoom, facebook.com slash pan-tilt-zoom. And you can also, uh, yeah, I want comments. I want discussion. (laughs) I like discussion. Uh, If you
1: don't like superhero films, comment below, and we'll, I want to, let's talk about it. This is a forum.
0: Yeah, this is a forum. And, you know, if you want to see Tim's channel or my own channel, they are in the description below. Tim's yep. been putting out some great videos. One was a medley of comments that people left, which was artistically brilliant. Better than <laughs> half the pictures for Oscars this year. A song was more brilliant than that. Uh, so if you want to know anything more about our own personal channels and stuff, you can find that all below. This is Pan Tilt Zoom, episode 11. I'm Tyrell Listen, That's Woo. Tim Hurley. Woo. And yeah, thanks and- for watching.
1: Go watch Tyrell's uh, uh, recasting series. It's fucking awesome. Oh, thanks. It's a really, really challenging. But yeah. Okay, guys. Peace.